This morning's scripture reading will be Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Okay. Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you marked, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who was a deposit guaranteeing our, our inheritance until the redemption of those who were God's possession to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Give the old man a hand. I'm going to put him down. That was a little bit of a deer in the headlights look when I pointed at him and said, come here. Yeah, and you think that's funny because I got a mic and we're going to pass it around today. And I'm going to hear from you, okay? I mentioned that I was going to do that. Some smart aleck back there in the booth said, that's because you didn't prepare your sermon, so you're going to ask for... (laughs) Terrible. Thank you, Larry. What a blessed time of worship this morning, around communion, and then thank you for the song set. You have communion... You spend a little time thinking about that, those last moments of Christ with his disciples and what he was teaching them, and then him going to the cross for us, taking communion, then singing these beautiful songs about that are just filled with biblical truth. Everything we've been talking about and more about 
having a new life, letting the old life die, uh, living for Christ. Uh, those are blessed, beautiful truths. <clears throat> this morning, um, last Sunday, we looked at um, just one verse, and we just kind of took it apart. If you were here, uh, that uh, Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. What a, what a wonderful verse. Today, uh, we're going to just take a real broad scope and look at the next verses 14 through four, uh, 4 through 14. And I've kind of put an outline up here. We'll, we'll start with that. I don't know if you can read that. Uh, that is the text. Uh, and uh, so it's <clears throat> maybe quite a ways off from you, but you have your Bibles with you, so just uh, uh, turn there with me. And uh, I, I got a real high-tech thing here today. I got, I got this little thing they give me with a pointer. <laughs> I always wanted to do that, you know? I watch these guys with this stuff, and I go, yeah, I'd, I'd like to do that someday. I'd like to be able to see far enough where I could point. Um, then we'll put up a little outline there in a little bit, but... Um, if, if you look down here about verse 13, in him you also, after listening to the message of the truth, the gospel of our salvation, having also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's where most of us, or all of us who are Christians, really start. We hear the gospel. It's been... Uh, given to us through Sunday school lessons, through our mom or our dad. We've heard it on the radio. We've seen it on TV. Maybe we just picked up a Bible and read about it. And we learned that we were in dire need of salvation because we were lost. And we say, well, how, how are you lost? Well, you're, you're separated from God because of your sin. And this whole thing of salvation is to bring you back into a relationship with God that he intended when he created us in the garden. He wants that fellowship. Uh, he wants us to experience his fellowship. He wants us to experience him revealing himself to us through the ages, getting to know his love, basking in his grace and his mercy and his intellect and and all the things that he's prepared for us. That, that's, that's God's heart. That's God's desire, is to have this fellowship greater than a friendship with us. And as we look today, it, he's going to call us some, more than friends. He's going to call us sons. And so I would like to know this morning uh, when that all started for you. And how I'd like to do this is um, pass this mic around and they've even told me how to turn it on. Hold it till the green light comes on. See, I have it. Now, I want to make this as easy and painless for you as possible. I want to limit you to the shortest sentence or two or three words. Here's maybe the hard part for some of you. I want you to say your name. Okay? Write out loud so that everybody can hear you. Okay? And then give me 
a time, whether it's a year or an age or approximate, uh, when you came to know that you needed Christ as your Savior. Okay? So it would be something like, uh, we'll, we'll try it wrong. We'll do, do, okay, okay. No, now this is a test, because if we can do this in two, two or three words right here with Ron Ward, we're, we're really going to be in shape, aren't we? Okay, so it's uh, name and, yeah, okay. Ron Rourke, 1983, Easter Sunday. Okay. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. Okay. So, Doug, are you ready for this? Trying to think of an exact date. Well, you just come close. But now, think of your name first. <laughs> Doug Cowell. Uh, probably 2012. About 2012. Yep. Praise God. I know Cowell. I was 27. Okay. See, see how easy this is? Okay. Now, now, we can't do this with everybody, so we're just going to be really random, okay? So, uh, random starts here. <laughs> Hank Slowick, uh, 1985, Switzerland. With a, picking up a Bible or something? Okay. We don't want those whole testimonies, but I just thought I'd like to hear that. I'm waiting for this down here, so just do it and pass it down. Well, if you stop talking, I might be able to get a word Can you turn that mic off? No. Liz. Yeah, Hank. Praise God, Hank, for you. Yeah. Uh, Liz Slowick, and I don't have an exact date, I'm sorry. Okay. Ed Stewart. Um, you know, I thought this was a, a uh, at the time it happened, a Jerry Lewis telethon. The, uh, I won't say the name of the convention, but they said a million more in 54. And I thought they were talking about call-ins, but Anyhow, it was sometime in 1954. Came to Christ. Awesome. Sue Sauer. I was about 11, and it was at church camp. Oh, at church camp. Warren Sauer, 85. <laughs> I picked that role on purpose. <laughs> Jim Chapin. As long as I can remember, probably when I was about five or six years old. Mm -hmm. Lana Chapin. It was in 1965 with my neighbors. <laughs> uh, oh, and that's okay too. You can pass it by. That's fine. Skip Muncy, uh, York, Nebraska. Uh, we were doing a church study on the book of Acts, and it was probably, uh, I don't know, 1943 or so. Scott Grant, somewhere around age 12 on my bunk bed. Allison Grant in the college years. You're going to get a lot of grants. <laughs> Laramie Grant, uh, I was probably six or seven and working outside with my mom. Uh -huh. Ashlyn Grant, I was seven, I believe. Donna Grant, I'm Savannah, I was four. <laughs> oh, Weber now, actually. <laughs> Melissa Weber, um, when I was three at home. Awesome. Sorry. Daniel? 
It's on. Dan Nelson. It was 1964, I believe, in Red Bluff. Linda, 1997, which was in Reading. I think it was August of 1980. That's for my brother. 1980. Joe Tillman, 13 years old. <coughs> Merlin Weber, 1956. June Weber, I was 13 in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Dave Weens, 1960. Lynn Weens, I'm not really sure, but I, I know God was calling me as a child, and probably in my late 20s, um, I actually accepted him. Paul Weens, and I was about four or five years old. Shayla Weens, and I was four in my grandma's kitchen. I was probably about six or seven or eight years old. My mom led me to Christ. My point here is that most of us don't know too much about our salvation when we get saved. All we know usually is that we're, we really have a sin problem. We come to recognize it, and we recognize that we need forgiveness. And we've looked in Scripture. Somebody has prayed with us. Somebody has taken us to the Scripture. Maybe it's John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes or trusts in Him has eternal life. Maybe that's all we know. And as we enter it here in this book of Ephesians, and I mentioned this last Sunday, it's like, Paul just throws open the gates of heaven and is going to share with us the spiritual blessings that God has blessed us with in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Those heavenly places being everywhere that Christ is. Because we're with him, and wherever he is, those are the heavenly places. There's a heaven in the future, um, but there's heavenly places now. There's a heaven um, that those that have died and gone before us and been ushered in the presence of God are experiencing now. But then there will be a, a new heaven and a new earth someday as well. But the heavenlies that we've been ushered into is this new birth that we have, this coming alive to Christ spiritually, having our eyes and our hearts open to God's Word, uh, to understand uh, all there is about our salvation. And, th and this is a beautiful uh, little uh, journey that we can be on. And I'm sure, and many of you have been Christians for years, and some of the things that we're looking at, they're old hat to you, but I just, it just blesses my heart to go back over the, 
the spiritual blessings of God in the heavenly places. My position in Christ, when, when, he placed, when he placed me into himself, I became in Christ, and all the blessings that are Christ are mine. Uh, his, even the character of God has been placed in us in this new creation that we are. Now, we know that we still live in the old body. Excuse me, we still live in the contaminated house, uh, and we're going to have to live in it until we get to glory, or the Lord comes back here. But this new creature that we are, this new person, can experience and enjoy this relationship with God. So what I did is I just took this chapter, and uh, or these four, uh, 13 verses, and just uh, looked at the whole thing. And see, and one of the things I'm encouraging you to do is, last Sunday I mentioned it, just take, sometimes just take a verse and take it apart. You can do it. Um, oftentimes I, I, I get the impression when I'm talking to men that, uh, you know, it's really hard for them to open their Bible and to, to kind of study or to kind of figure things out. But the same guys can take a maintenance manual apart from this beginning to end and figure out what it says and how to put things together and how to fix things. So it's, 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 the Bible is really no different than that. Once you're born again, he gives you eyes to be able to understand spiritual things. But you have to put your eyes in the scripture and you have to dig a little bit. So when you first became saved, you probably did not realize the scope of your salvation. That it was started in eternity past. You, you would have had no idea of that when you were six years old or maybe when you are 40 or 50 or 60 or whenever you come to Christ. You didn't know that your name was written in the, in the Lamb's book of life before the world was even created. Those are truths that, that Paul, through the Spirit of God, is explaining to us. It's, it's like getting a chance to just go into the very throne room of God and, and have him explain hey, I, I, let me tell you a little bit about your salvation. You come to me when you're four, you come to me when you're six, you came to me when you're 65, you picked up a Bible in a, in a motel room and you read it, or uh, you're watching TV and the evangelist was speaking, you came to Christ. Let me tell you a little bit about that. That you were on my mind from eternity past. I planned out your salvation before you were ever born. And he tells us those things so we'll rejoice in them, so that we'll find joy and comfort and delight and assurance and steadfastness in the love of Christ. So, he, so our salvation was from eternity past. Well, it's also in the present. Um, right in the very beginning of that, it says... Uh, we were, uh, we were holy and blameless before Christ. That's what he did for us. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we would be holy and blameless before him. And that happens to us right now. That's our salvation right now. We are holy and blameless before him because he has forgiven our sins. He's taken care of our sins. So our salvation has not only been in the past, but it's a very present reality. Even though we, again, even though we, our practice is not, doesn't always live up to this new person that we are, um, 
we are holy and blameless before him. And then he says here, your salvation is also future. We have an inheritance. We have also obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of his who work to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. We've been in the Holy Spirit, who's given as a pledge of our inheritance. So when you look at this passage, you can read through it, and you can read through it in several ways. You can look through it, read through it as our an overview of our salvation, past, present, and future. Okay? You can also read through this passage in another way. Who is the author of our salvation? Well, I'm new at this now, no laughing. The author of our salvation is the Father. So you can read through this passage, and it starts out at the beginning, that uh, the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he is, the, he is the author of our salvation. So you look at it again. Who, the Son is part of the author of our salvation. And so we, we, as we read through that passage, we find out that Jesus Christ it's the Father, Jesus Christ, and then as you get down to the end of the passage, the Holy Spirit as well. So in this one passage, he, he's opening up for us uh, the whole broad picture of our salvation. Now, it's, it's explained all through Ephesians and Romans and Colossians and, and Hebrews, and, and Peter explains it, fills in the blanks and expands on it. But in this one little few verses... Uh, he gives us this overview. It's a salvation that is eternity past. It's a present salvation. It's a future salvation. It's been done, done for us by the Father. It's been done for us by the Son. The Holy Spirit has sealed us for that day. Now, when you, when you got saved, you, you, didn't, you had no idea, I don't think, I had no idea, that this whole thing about predestination and, and uh, election uh, would, would show up in the Bible and tell us about things in the past that we had, we had no idea about. So we look at that in, in verses 6 through 11, his sovereign choosing. What, what we're more familiar with from our experience is our responsibility to believe. That's what was given to us. That's what we were told. And uh, rightly so, the, the gospel was preached to us or taught to us, and we were able to uh, begin to understand the things of God, and we opened our eyes and our hearts to God and, and trusted Him as our Savior. And that's what He tells us. Um, there in, in, in Him you also... That's really bad. That was me? You're dismissed. No. <laughs> um, our, it, we see it mainly from our responsibility to believe. Okay? Now, there's a little verse in John 6.37 that these irreconcilable truths are listed in one little verse. And uh, I wrote it down here. It's just a simple little verse. And... Um, I'll read it to you. It says, 
all that the Father gives me, this is Jesus talking, shall come to me. This is an idea of the Father giving us to Jesus. And all that he gives to Jesus will come to him. That's what it says. And then he says, the one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. So he turns right around after saying, all that the Father gives to me will come to me. And then he says, all that come to me, I will not cast out. Now next Sunday, I'm going to lay uh, these two truths alongside of each other. Uh, the election and the sovereignty of God and the free will of man as we see them down through Scripture. And then uh, I will attempt to show you where uh, what I've wrestled with trying to uh, see how these two truths fit. And quite frankly, they don't. Uh, they're irreconcilable truths in Scripture. But So I'll just show you what I've done with them in, in my life, and it might help you, might not. Um, but this is about our salvation. It's his sovereign choosing. It's our responsibility to believe. They're always laid alongside of each other over and over again, both of them. And then, what is the result of our salvation? What is, what is the result of our salvation? Well, the result of our salvation is that we are holy and blameless before God. And we've talked about that a number of times, but uh, it, it, it's just such an awesome thing to realize that um, God would take sinful people, pay for their sin, and um, make us holy so we could have fellowship with Him. Now, here's where I want to stop this morning for just a little bit. What's the purpose of our salvation? Why did he predestine us to salvation? Well, it says right up there. Uh, this verse 5 uh, probably should be at the beginning of this sentence. In love, he predestined us to the adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself. We've been called citizens of heaven. We've been called friends of Jesus. We've been called, in Scripture, we're called servants of Jesus. But the one thing that is unique to Christians is that you are sons. You've been adopted into his family. Now, I want to say that sometimes adoption can be a very expensive proposition. And I hope that we're all praying for Sarah Nuche. Uh, that this adoption, which is a very long and arduous and expensive uh, undertaking, uh, will soon be over for them. But think of the cost of adoption for us to bring us into the family as sons and daughters. In that garden, of Gethsemane, before he went to his arrest, could you imagine what would have happened if he had said, the cost is too great? Could you imagine if Uche at this, and Sarah at this point, with this little boy Daniel, 
this is just not going to work. We're going to leave you here. Uh, you, you just the emotion you th you think of that you think of you think of what what that what that would mean. And then I look at Christ in the garden, looking forward to the cross, but not just the cross, the separation, the penalty, the separation from his Father. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And him saying, well, it's, the cost is too great. They can just go into a Christless eternity. Oh, praise be to God that our Jesus trusted his father so much that he would say to him, your will be done. This plan that was formed in the eternity past gets carried out in the person of Jesus Christ. And you and I are adopted sons. What's his motive? His great love. As we read through scripture, it's just hard to comprehend the love of a creator God that would go to such great lengths and pain and agony and misery with the human race just so that we could have fellowship with him for eternity. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So when I look at those things, I ask myself, it, if it's such a great thing to be adopted into the family of God and become God's son, don't I want my friends and my loved ones to be adopted into that same family? What is my response to being adopted into the family? Mercy's still struggling with that a little bit. Uh, you know, sometimes we're like Jonah. Jesus said, Jonah, go down there and preach to those people. I need to have them come to me. And Jonah didn't like those people. And he said, I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to preach it because it assures the world they'll repent. And they'll be in this family with me, and I don't even like them. I hate those people. I don't want them in my family. Well, hopefully we're not like that. Hopefully that as we realize the preciousness and the joy and the awesomeness of being God's son and daughters, that we want other people to be in that family as well. That ought to be something that just drives our heart every day. When we get up in the morning and want to walk with Jesus, like we've been talking about, one of the things I think we ought to say to him is, Jesus, who can I help become adopted into the family today? Maybe it's just a word. Maybe it's a smile. Maybe it's a hug. But maybe it's sharing the word of God. Maybe it's giving them something to read. Maybe it's just praying with them or praying for them. But dear God, lay on our hearts to want our friends and our neighbors and our loved ones to be adopted into the family of God. To experience his love, to experience his forgiveness, 
Lord Jesus, every morning when I get up, help me to look forward to sharing with somebody in some way. Maybe it's just in the quietness of my own heart. Maybe I'm not going to see anybody today that I can witness to, but I can pray today, and I can pray throughout the day for my loved ones and my friends and my neighbors that I want to come to Christ. You know, this position of, of being brought into his family and being adopted was a very expensive thing for Jesus Christ. And what a privilege for us. He, he calls us joint heirs with Jesus. It, it, it almost seems blasphemous. He, he says, you will have my character. All the blessings that the Son has, you have in Christ. Really. May in the days to come, as we study the scriptures, we try to walk with the Lord daily, uh, may we understand those manifold spiritual blessings that he has given to us. And if this morning you do not know Christ, you have not trusted him as your Savior, you, you, don't ex you haven't experienced this relationship and been adopted into his family, I pray that right where you are and where you're sitting this morning, that you'd trust Christ as your Savior. Just put your trust in him. And if you don't know much about him, make this your prayer. God, if you're real, and you really have died for me, then start showing me these truths. Start opening my eyes to them. He will answer that prayer. Those that come to him, he will no wise cast out. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for our time together, the blessedness of being in communion, having communion together, the blessedness of of rejoicing in the fact that we are your sons and your daughters in Christ, being able to sing out the praises to you this morning and repeat back to, to you and to each other the great basic truths of Scripture, sitting here with our friends and our neighbors and our loved ones, rejoicing together, what a wonderful privilege that is. Thank you, Jesus, for the body of Christ. And as you unfold these truths in the book of Ephesians about the body of Christ, may we, may we understand how absolutely wonderful it is and what a privilege it is to have brothers and sisters in Christ. What a tremendous privilege. What a tremendous joy. What, what a tremendous joy to have a wife or a husband that is a brother or a sister in Christ. What a blessed joy it is to, to sit in a, in a church next to our kids that are not only our children, but they're our brothers and sisters in Christ. And as a young person, to look over there and see my mom and my dad and, and to know that they're not only my mom and dad, but forever they will be my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you, Father, for placing us into the body through your Son. And we thank you in Christ's name. Amen.